Hello, everyone. It is Jamie Joel right here at Madlet Podcast, Madlet Musings Podcast. I am on coffee cup number 278 for the day, working at 279. But this is not about me or my coffee intake. This is about my special guest friend, Elizabeth Madry, who hails from where? Where do you hail from? <laughs> I'm like, I'm waiting for you to tell me where I know, I right? I'm just going to announce. <laughs> Virginia, outside D.C. Outside D.C., Virginia. Oh, I knew that too. I just couldn't remember. So do you like living near D.C.? Is that fun? Um, I think it's like when you live near any like major tourist destination, you don't actually take advantage of the things that are there. This is um, true. Because you don't want to deal with the tourists. So. Yeah, too many people. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I live near a tourist town myself, and we have um we call it the season on tourists. Yes, like when they cross the road in May and they're walking mm -hmm. pedestrians, you're like, I'll stop for you a whole block ahead, and then you get June, July, and you're kind of like honking your horn. In August, mm -hmm. it's like points, yeah. you know. Like if it's an adult, you get so many points. If it's elderly, you get so many. It's horrible. It's like a video yeah. game. No, I'm kidding. Again, <laughs> two hundred ninety some cups of coffee talking right now. <laughs> But I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Have you yeah. ever gone to the top, though, of the Washington Monument? Um, you know, I have not. Every time I want to go, it is closed. Um, oh. It seems to get closed for refurbishment every time you turn around, um, which then makes me a little yeah. nervous about wanting to go up. Because <laughs> it's not like Spider-Man really is going to come rescue you. Right. Exactly. Like he does in the movie. Yeah. So it is open again, and I keep thinking I should take my kids down and we should go do it. But then I'm like, should I? I don't well, know. you know, you could go. And then if they ask you to sign a waiver at the bottom, then just politely decline and walk away. Okay. That's a thought. Yeah. The White House, though. Oh. So that was fun. Did you see the president? No. No. Hmm. I saw paintings of presidents. That's cool. Yeah. They're probably the originals, too, not copies. <laughs> probably. Yes. <laughs> All right, so we are not here to talk about presidents or the Washington <laughs> Monuments or Washington, D.C. We are here to talk about your books and your ministry of writing and the things that you like to throw in. And I'm just going to call it out for what it is. You okay. write romantic fiction. I do. About billionaires. I do. So we know that I'm gothic. And I kill people and people are haunted. So we are on two opposite extremes of the yes. fence when it comes to books. And yet you are on my podcast. So well. Yes, I am. It's good. It's good. <laughs> this is cool. I'm excited. I'm excited. So tell us a little bit about your stories, what you write, um, and these billionaires that you keep putting into your books. So I did not always write billionaires. I did okay. always write romance. Um but so the thing I think with reading in general, but with romance in particular, I think a lot of why readers read romance and just why readers read is they want to escape mm -hmm. a little bit of, of their life. Right. And so um, readers often will say, oh, I want realistic romance. That's a big thing. They're like, oh, I want realistic romance. And so I wrote a lot of very realistic romance. And it turns out that readers don't actually want realistic romance they, they <laughs> think they want realistic romance um they want realistic romance inside 
fantastical romance, which is where now sure. the billionaires come in. Got it. So, so um, because the escape can't happen when you're stuck in traffic on Friday trying to get home and you're worried about getting to the grocery store and whether or not you have enough money in your checking account to actually your family. That's like not romantic. No. So <laughs> it's not. I've it's been not. there. I yeah, don't come not home feeling all romantic. I'm like, right. So <laughs> I got ramen noodles, people. Yeah. Don't complain. Mac and cheese, 10 cents Woo. a box at Aldi, you know, it's sweet. So, light a candle. Yeah. There's your romance, baby. Right. So, um, so the billionaire aspect is a way to sort of increase the fantasy level enough mm-hmm. to the point that then you can incorporate realistic issues because my billionaires in particular are just normal people who happen to have money. Um, so, um, so they still have problems. And like one of my major goals that I try to make sure that is in there is that our problems aren't solved by money or by ourselves or by what we do. Our problems are solved by Jesus. Like that's it. Where do our problems get solved? They get solved at the foot of the cross and, Mm -hmm. and probably not necessarily the way we want them solved. Um, because, because we don't always know the best way to solve the problem, even though like I know in my life, I always know the best way. Mm -hmm. And like Jesus and I have some knockdown drag outs about that (laughs) all the time. Yeah. Um, But, but realistically speaking, like money doesn't fix everything just magically. Um, And so that's why I kind of love having my Christian billionaires is because they're, they're finding that they're finding that, Hey, you know, I have this money and, um, and then, then also they're finding like, you know, Spider-Man had to find out with, with great, you know, um, power comes great responsibility. responsibility. Mm -hmm. So, you know, with great wealth, now you have what are you doing for the kingdom? What are yeah. you doing with your money? Because if you have been greatly blessed, you must be greatly blessing others. Mm. You, you can't do otherwise. Right. Um, and that doesn't have to be monetarily. Again, my billionaires and, and then the people who they fall in love with who tend not to be billionaires, um, mm-hmm. hopefully are finding out that, you know, you bless others and you should be blessing others, even if you are buying that 10 cent mac and cheese at Aldi, because, um, because blessings aren't necessarily physical. They Mm -hmm. are, they are the outpouring of the spirit through you. Right. Right. No, I love that. I love that about that concept too, because you do see a lot of romantic fiction. Um, you know, you just scroll through Amazon or any of the other publishers out there that publish a lot of romantic fiction and there's, there's billionaires, millionaires, etc. but they're also kind of smarmy for lack of a better yes. word. Yes. Secular billionaires, um, are, are scary. They yeah. really are. Well, um, I, like almost like scary, scary. Like I picked one up for the heck of it one day. I think I was in the library and I was bored and I just like, you know what? I need something I can't possibly write myself. Mm-hmm. And I picked it up and I was like partway through it. And I'm like, this guy is almost abusive. Like yeah. to be romantic. Yeah. If they're on a power trip of like all kinds of levels. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, um, that is not what you find with Christian billionaires in general and certainly right. not 
not with mine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good. Because, yeah. Yeah. You, you know, and, and I've read a lot of Christian billionaires and I have not found, um, I have not found that mm-hmm. thankfully in, yeah. in Christian billionaires because, yeah. because the point is, you know, to, to still give that Christian romance just mm-hmm. to add the fantasy of, wouldn't it be lovely to be swept off your feet? It's right. it's almost it's almost royalty romance, but without mm-hmm. the trappings of a monarchy and all the protocol right. and all the you know yeah. that kind of thing. No, and I like that because it is it is fun, and I'll admit, even as somebody who's gothic and ghostly, <laughs> it is fun to fantasize about the concept of somebody bringing you three dozen roses. Because seriously, who can afford three dozen roses? I mean, I suppose somebody can, but not in my world. And so, (laughs) you know, it's, you know, or the thought process of walking into a room and, you know, there's candles and diamonds and, you know, things that you just wouldn't get. I I like that element of fantasy and and romance that um, doesn't graduate or evolve into something weird. Yeah. And lip curling and, ooh. Right. Yes. Yeah, nothing scary. <laughs> no. no, well, nothing scary or smarmy or anything like that. No, no, right? No, that's awesome. I love that, and um, I think it's cool that you were talking about too. You're talking about the concept of your your billionaires are learning, or some of them are, how to process biblically and spiritually the fact that they have the amount of money mm-hmm. that they do. And I know there's the scripture that co- often gets taken out of context where it talks about, um the love of money is the root of all evil. And a lot of people say money is the root of all evil, but that's cutting out the first part, which is the love of money, which is the obsession with, or the, you know, concept. So I like how you're mentioned that you work that in um, to your stories. Yeah. My, um, my series that I'm finishing up this year is a group of six friends who um, like a year and a half ago, uh, some people on Reddit, uh, basically short shorted, or they, they did some stuff with GameStop, GameStop stock mm-hmm. and made a whole bunch of money because like the hedge funds were trying to short it and put them out of business and they all rallied around it. And so it was this cool kind of thing and I loved it. And so I had my little six guys do be part of it. And that's how they got their billions. Nobody uh-huh. actually became a billionaire as part of that, but that was like the inspiration of it. Right, right. So, um, so they just went from normal little tech nerds, um, because I love a tech nerd. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, so, so they just went from that to now they're billionaires, and yeah. like some of them are still working their day job because they don't know what else to do. They're just like, I don't know what to do with two billion dollars. That's just yeah, this yeah. bizarre num- number that I can't yeah. wrap my head around. So, yeah, um, cool. yeah, I like that they're kind of like the nerds too, because a lot of times with billionaires or any type of romance where money's involved I guess you know they're the hunky you know Christian gray type of right guy who's powerful and and got it all together and every woman dreams to be his girl and you've got tech nerds who are like oh I got a checking account I'm not sure what to do with it but (laughs) yeah no I um I don't think I've ever written an alpha hero I I've got like 46 books and no alpha heroes yeah. Um, maybe one. I can think of one who comes close, but probably still isn't an alpha. Um, okay. So we're going to issue a challenge to all the Matlid Musings readers <laughs> out there to get all 46 of Elizabeth Madry's <laughs> books 
and the first person to report in with the alpha <laughs> hero's correct name will win absolutely nothing but we exactly. are really excited for this challenge this is great i can i can give you a fake billion dollars <laughs> you could you could get some hey. monopoly money and you're yeah. set <laughs> that'd be really funny you should do a contest like that and then have a big like check check presentation yeah. <laughs> billion dollars. oh i love it i love it so when you look at writing romance um and you know you mentioned earlier in the conversation that people don't want realistic romance even though they say they do and then you write more of the fantasy um and i want to be careful when i say the word fantasy for anybody listening clean fantasy um etc type of romance where you can let your imagination go and just dream you're a princess without actually being a princess type thing right right um how do you think romance like that fits into a parallel with the relationship that we have with christ because so often in scripture they talk about how the the relationship between a man and a woman is a picture of the marriage of christ and his church and Mm -hmm. i just have this gut feeling you've got something profound to say well i i do actually i don't know about profound but i do think that there is a parallel i mean what one of the things that i adore about writing romance is the fact that it is in my mind sort of the perfect baseline for exploring any other issue Mm. Um, because at our cores we are designed for romance Mm. we were created out of a desire for for companionship god created man in his own image because he wanted a creation that Mm. would worship him that would would commune with him and fellowship with him and he created woman because it was not good for man to be alone. Right. And so we have this built-in core need for that relationship and the the family relationship, the the marriage relationship absolutely mirrors the relationship of Christ and the church and it mirrors even the relationship of the Father Son Spirit Trinity mm-hmm. of God himself. Mm-hmm. And so so it's this this beautiful thing and our versions like are broken with sin because yeah. we're broken with sin yay right. um you know, I know right <laughs> winners we're winning yeah um but i still think you know you can still see in a broken mirror and you can get a picture you can extrapolate of what the beauty's going to be when the mirror gets fixed right um and and so I love taking romance that leaves you sort of with that happy sigh of contentment and fulfillment of yay, look how beautifully it worked out between them. Mm -hmm. And then I love to weave in other issues facing Christians in the world today and, and sort of saying, you know, don't shy away from thinking about these things. Don't shy away from addressing them in your life, because I think it's very tempting um, to want to do that because there is a lot of turmoil in the world. Mm -hmm. And I do read to escape. I know everybody probably does and it's good to escape, but at the same time, don't escape so much that you're not changing the world. Mm. Yeah. I like that. Oh, that's a pull quote right there. (laughs) (laughs) I can't repeat it because I'm not good at repeating things, but that was a pull quote. I've ever saw one. Yeah. Seriously though. I mean, it's one of those things where 
escaping reality is so tempting in so many different ways. Um, but then there's also the concept of escaping into a fictional world that shuts you down from being effective and, you know, can even shut down your, the growth of your own faith and your own relationship with God, because you're focusing on something that isn't real versus something that can be extremely real, which is one reason why I like Christian romance and romance, like what you write, where you can read that and yet get rerouted and pointed to the true romance, which is a relationship with Christ. Yeah. Absolutely. This is cool. Awesome. All right. So the book that you just had recently released is called Her Billionaire Benefactor. Mm -hmm. um, do you want to give us a quick summary as to what that's about? Sure. Okay. So it, um, this takes place in Gilead, Kansas, which is fictional, fictional town mm -hmm. in Kansas, uh, known for putting on an Easter play every year. Um, it is actually part of a multi-author series uh, hatched because some authors and I were discussing the fact that there's not a lot of Easter romance out there. There's all kinds That's of true. Christmas romance, yeah, which is great. Everybody loves Christmas. Christmas is great. But without Easter, Christmas is stupid. Like, it's great that Jesus came. But if he didn't die and wasn't resurrected, then then Christmas is pointless. So we wanted Easter romance. So um, we centered it around this Bible college that does this big, huge passion play every year. So in my, um, my book, my heroine is Wendy Hall, which she is the older sister of a heroine from a previous book of mine, uh, The Billionaire's Nanny. So um, she is a widow. She lost her husband and her two daughters in a car accident in the billionaire's nanny it's not oh, really wow. a big spoiler but yeah. um so that happened about a year prior to when her billionaire benefactor kicks in and um she is sort of harboring this huge secret um and she's still obviously healing and grieving and um and basically she has spent her whole life trying to be the perfect daughter um, because she feels like her sister was always the favorite one um, who and, and the lucky one and mm -hmm. who her parents sort of like put up with and was like, oh, ha ha, you know. And so Wendy just always was trying to be, you know, like if I if I'm perfect enough, I'll get the recognition that I crave. She didn't know mm -hmm. any other way to do it. Mm -hmm. um, so she's just trying to be enough in and of herself. Mm -hmm. um, Preston comes to Gilead because his great-grandmother met his great-grandfather at Gilead Bible College. And so okay. she's like 90-something, wants to set up an endowment at the college because they have family money. Okay. So he's like, can't I do this with a phone call? And she's adamant that he needs to go and experience the Easter play um, because she has such fond memories of it. Sure. So that's why he's down there. Okay. And Whitney runs not Whitney, Wendy. <laughs> now, as After often, 46 books, yeah, you're bound to get some people's thing, names mixed up. We do this thing where we think we're being cute, that the sisters have the same starting letter. Uh, and then we mess ourselves up mm -hmm. over and over again. So Wendy uh, is in charge of development for the college. So she and Preston end up having to work together um, a lot as part of, okay. as part of him being there. So that is why they are thrown together. And he, um, 
he sees that she's hurting and he sees her secrets and mm-hmm. he's just trying to, he's like fascinated by the idea of unraveling what it is that's going on with her. Okay. Um, and, and so he does. Awesome. That sounds great. And so if people want to read one of your 46 books, because there's a big backlist people. So there is no boredom in your future. No. Um, where do they find out more about you and your books and all that jazz? So elizabethmadry.com is my website. I am also exclusive on Amazon. So if you mm-hmm. just go to Amazon and put Elizabeth Madry books, you'll get there. Pop up. So that means I am in Kindle Unlimited. If you oh. are a Kindle Unlimited subscriber, that yeah. is a good thing for you. Awesome. <laughs> Sounds good. And you're also on Facebook. I know. I'm on um, yeah, Facebook, Facebook Instagram. And... Um, you can you can follow me on BookBub. All my books are there too. Yeah. If that's your if that's your thing. So yep. yeah. Awesome. All right. Cool. Like to see what your authors are reading. I'm on Goodreads, but I mostly use Goodreads to keep track of what I'm reading. So <laughs> rather than to do anything else. That's kind of how I am too. Like yeah. I just go in and, and keep track of what I'm reading and, and see if I can get past five books in a year because I'm there you writing go. so much, right? <laughs> I don't know. I average like 200, so. Oh. Sorry. Well then, I, you know. Yeah. You know, I'm just I'm one not, of those. No. I'm one of those. No. Sorry. Well, see. Yeah. But see, there, you're, do you watch a lot of movies and TV though? No. See, there's your difference. Yeah. Because my, my husband and I are like movie junkies. And so it's something we like to do together. And that's awesome that it's it's fun it's great but it cuts into your reading time yeah no my husband is a video gamer Ah, so in the evenings he'll play video games and i'll sit next to him and read oh see that's like the perfect pairing that's awesome i love it this is why i write nerdy heroes (laughs) (laughs) you know it's good though because we don't have enough nerdy heroes in my opinion in books and I don't mean to say this. This is going to come out completely wrong, but like average everyday relatable people, you know, like they don't always have to be models and, you know, billionaires that spend five hours in the gym every day. Right. Although, exactly. Like, you know, exactly. some people like that. That's okay. I like nerds. <laughs> nerds are great. Me too. This Big is of nerds. All right. Well, Elizabeth, thank you so much for thank putting you. up with me and I'm going to go get my 298th cup of coffee for the day. <laughs> And, um, I know it's been a blast having you on and it's really fun to hear about, um, authors out there that are writing really good romance that you don't have to squint and narrow your eyes while you're reading and that honors and glorifies the Lord. So thank you for that. 